Hello and welcome back to episode two, Electric Boogaloo, for two nerds walk in. I'm Randy Boyles. And I'm Aaron Tymek. Before we get started, we wanted to give a quick shout out to the people who decided to review us on iTunes, Ghost Rider 1066, Ronaldo the Bro, Marvel Gal 87, and Sassy Mama 66. Thank you so much for those iTunes reviews. That's really going to help us be able to get the podcast out there to as many people as possible. And we appreciate hearing from you guys about what you want to hear about so that we can talk about things that are relevant to you guys. One of the things that was tweeted out to us by Sassy Old Veteran was that she would like to, I assume she, would like us to talk about Saturday morning cartoons. So in line with that, me and Randy made a top five list. And in addition to the top five list, we also wanted to talk about some of the honorable mentions that didn't quite make the list for one reason or another. And we also wanted to give some lip service to the shows that we intentionally didn't talk about, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters, etc. So to start off, we're going to add a caveat to this list. When we were discussing this, we just had too many of these things that we both enjoyed. And we want to be able to talk about as many of these things as we can. So each of us decided that we were going to provide the other one with our list and not choose the same top five. Uh, we are purposely excluding things like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, Transformers, because those things, in addition to being Saturday morning cartoons, were kind of vehicles for toy sales. Uh, they were really great. We love them. They would be in this top list, but we, we wanted to narrow it down a little bit more give a little bit more clarity about the things that we wanted to talk about. So when we came up with these things, some of them were kind of debated between us as to who was going to take them, and some of them were just very clear that one of us needed to have them. So let's start with number five. Go ahead, tell us what you got. So my number five is, I think, one of the newest things on the list with Codename Kids Next Door. I thoroughly enjoyed this cartoon. It is everything I look for in a Saturday morning cartoon, is it has humor that is appreciated by both adults and children, and I love the children versus adults mentality and things like that. Well, and one of the great things about it, too, was that it was it has one of those things that you and I talked about it where you know it has a really good story to it the stories interconnect it gives you some depth to it and it has some really good villains in it like sticky beard yeah we had sticky beard we had grandma oh, I can't remember her name at the moment I yeah no we had the uh, grandma she cooked all the good food we had the uh, delightful children from down the lane who were the parallels of our heroes which you absolutely need grandma and stuff each. Them. Grandma what? Oh yeah, Grandma Stuffums. Mm-hmm. And the ice cream men. And the, the dentist was citizen- a villain, which always makes me laugh. The senior citizen squad. Yep, all that stuff was nothing but good. And it every episode, like you said, although it progressed a greater story, you could also take as like in a vacuum, and they would still be good. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that, and it is one of the newer ones we have. Uh, one of the other things that I really like about it is the, kind of the community that's built around it, where people have all of these theories about what happens. There's plenty of like fan art that's out there about things that happened later on in life, and how you know they would come back and see what they had spent their childhood growing up in, and, and things like that. And I think that that's really cool, just how much people have taken the show and just kind of run with it and done their own things even after it was over. Absolutely. And it also has one of my favorite Christmas specials of all time where they made these parodies of the X-Men that were defending Christmas. It's just fantastic. Wolverine with peppermint claws. That's all you need to know. Yep. Well, you know, Magneto at least wouldn't have power over peppermint claws. It would be a step up. Against Magneto. <laughs> All right, so for my number five, uh, you had the one of the newest ones that we have. I think this is going to be the one of the oldest ones we have. Uh, I'm going to go with Wacky Races, the old Hanna-Barbera production with Dick Dastardly and Muttley, with Penelope Pitstop, uh, Lazy Luke and Blubber Bear, just this old wacky race show where each of these cars had its own little thing that it does they're all trying to race they're all trying to win and then you always have these internal plots inside of them that you know dick dastardly and muttley are trying to get away with something new get something over on someone and it i it was just it for me when it came to the the old cartoony hanna-barbera type shows right no and one of my favorite things about that show as a whole is it took these brand new characters Penelope Pitstop and Peter Perfect, 
And this was their first cartoon, but as you watch it, you feel like, oh, these are established characters that have been around for who knows how long. Yeah, and re- that's something I think a cartoon should aim to do. Yeah, it really takes a a world and then does what the old Hanna Barbera cartoons used to do, where it's I'm going to build on this, I'm going to introduce new characters and something, and then we'll have them go and we'll have them do something else, or you know, I I'm pretty sure that one of the episodes you know that I enjoyed watching was when they would have special characters from the other Hanna-Barbera things come in even if it's just for a one shot they would come they would join in for a second and then they would go and they would take off and they would leave you know they had Captain Caveman come in who who had a really strong resemblance to the Slag Brothers you know and they they built a Captain Caveman show from that and you know they did Yogi Bear and Huckleberry Hound as a Yogi's space race later that kind of expanded on the series and I don't know if you know this but DC Comics has just released in 2016 a new futuristic Wacky Races comic book where they take all of the Wacky Races characters and put them into like a post-apocalyptic Mad Max type universe. I think I know something I'm adding to my pull list. Yeah, no, it, it's great. Uh, one of the scenes in the comic is just this this shot of 26 different people all in a giant barroom brawl so it takes the wacky races it adds a little bit of adult to it and it turns it around into something new but that shows you the impact that this show had that you know the show originally came out way back in like 68 69 i think and then in 2016 dc comics goes okay we need to re-release this we need to get this back out there so that's why wacky races definitely has to come in at number five for me completely acceptable all right so so i went first on number five i think you go first number four all right so number four for me is going to be muppet babies muppet babies was uh 84 to like the 90s and it was all of your traditional muppet characters as babies being raised by this faceless grandma you had Rolf and Kermit, Miss Piggy, Fozzie, Animal Scooter, and Gonzo. And then Honeydew and Beaker would show up sometimes, and then Camilla would show up sometimes. Towards the end, they kind of were stretched thin, and they introduced Bean, and Statler and Waldorf started showing up. A lot of the other Muppets would come in, but, you know, it was the Muppets through the eyes of children and, you know, using the power of imagination to try and figure these things out. Like when Nanny's newspaper got ruined, the Muppets tried to write their own newspaper so they could replace it. And, like, the entire episode was all about how all these chaotic things were going wrong, but they were really trying to to piece it together and make it work and make everybody happy in the end. And it was just, it was delightful. That's a good way to describe it. One of my favorite episodes was when they were watching TV and they saw an advertisement for a theme park that looked similar to, like, a Bush Gardens type thing. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't coming out for, like, two years, and they were super bummed. So they decided they were going to make their own theme park, and they each built a ride or an attraction and, like, a, a chunk of it. And it was all... It, wonderfully delightfully strange. Right. No, and that's that was what The Muppet Babies was about. I mean, it wasn't ever one of those shows that really put a lot of grit or grime or violence but it still showed you you could put out something that would be entertaining without necessarily needing to have all of that and still using all of these characters that you know and love because you've seen them in other things and just gives you a new spin on them essentially yeah no it's good i'm going to counter punch your muppet babies with something that's also wacky and delightful but without all of the innocence in i'm going to go to animaniacs it's time for Animaniacs. I love everything about Animaniacs. It made my top five. It probably could have been closer to one. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. And Animaniacs did something similar to Wacky Races, where it introduced a whole bunch of characters that went off to go do their own things, like Pinky and the Brain. Yes, we got Pinky and the Brain out of that. We've got... I can't think of the other cartoon that spawned off this. It's unimportant at the moment. What matters is Animaniacs, this children's cartoon produced by Steven Spielberg. It was produced by Steven Spielberg. It is literally my favorite thing Steven Spielberg has ever done. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) There's a lot of things he's done. And I stand by Animaniacs as the best. All right. It has everything from incredible adult humor, from when they were searching a room for something... And Wacko says, or Yakko says, we should look for uh, 
Prince. There's Dot holding Prince, the musician. He says, oh, no, fingerprints. And she goes, ew, no thank you, and throws him out a window. <laughs> well, and they even included a lot of that, like, adult topical humor, even in the theme song. You know, Bill Clinton was in the theme song, and kids didn't care who Bill Clinton was. It was just funny that the president was there to them. But then, you know, the, the adults got to see that and get a, a jostle out of that, too. It was almost... You know, Shrek-ish before Shrek came out. It was. It, it's it's very much a modern adaptation of Looney Tunes to me. Yeah, no, uh, I would all of the that. children's stuff is good. There's still educational things in there. We sing the Planet song. We sing the Periodic Table song. Similar things like that. We also introduce Albert Einstein is in a skit. Mm-hmm. Da Vinci is in a skit. All these other famous people are in a skit. We also, though, we get to make fun of things like Joe Pesci with the good feathers. We're making fun of the good fellows. Yep. Parroting the good fellows. On top of that, all of the music is done with a full, I want to say, 32-piece orchestra. Yeah, it was it was a large budget. I mean, and that's something that you and I were talking about when we were coming up with this list, that all of these old Saturday morning cartoons, the music on them was amazing, especially theme songs on a lot of these. Because, I mean, it really just, they put it out there for a theme song for a, for a kid's 30-minute show. Oh, yeah. All right, so Animaniacs is a good number four. Uh, number three for you. Number three for me. Let me double-check my list here so I know... What I actually put in is number three. Oh, number three. Good old DW. When you're in trouble, you call DW. Darkwing Duck. Dark. Let's get dangerous. Yep. Darkwing Duck was one of the spinoffs off of DuckTales that came out that was more of a, a Batman-esque DuckTales with uh, Darkwing. And, and they ended up doing a lot with that that ended up... Expanding off of DuckTales, because DuckTales was very funny. We'll, we'll get to DuckTales in a little bit. Spoiler alert. Um, but Darkwing handled a lot of very serious things. I mean, it dealt with being an orphan. It dealt with kind of coping with loss. But all in this comical way that really helped kids understand what that thing was without really just, you know, bashing them over the head with it. Right, it covers all of that, and it also it still does it in a really fun child. Like, I remember Darkwing Duck is just a dude who wanted to pretty much be famous, so he became a superhero. Yep, created all of his own gadgets. He's the poor man's Batman, pretty much. Well, and Green it's Arrow's great though because it falls into the realm. What Green Arrow's the poor man's Batman. Um, Green Arrow is Green Arrow bankrolled the original Justice League. He's not the poor man's Batman. Don't even start that. Arrow Cave. All I have to say is Arrow Cave. Anyway, Batman back to Darkwing. is the poor man's Batman. Back to Darkwing. It's this wonderful parody of everything DC, but we still get parodies of Marvel in there. It's just a parody of what comic books were. We have the secret organization Shush, which is their parody of Shield. We have the we have Negaduck, which once again is the counter everything of Darkwing Duck. He's the super competent brainiac villain, where Darkwing Duck's kind of the super incompetent, not-so-smart villain. We've got the parody of the Toy Man with Quacker Jack, which is also just fun to say. Everything everything in it was delightful. We have Gizmo Duck, who made an appearance every now and then. Yep. Another holdover from DuckTales. Alright, yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna counter, though, and I'm gonna go in a slightly different direction. Uh, with my number three, I chose Reboot. Reboot, for for those of you who... I think this one might be a little bit more unknown on this list um, because it was different. It ran from 94 to 2001. It was made in Canada, but it aired down here. Um, but it was all about a the world inside your computer. You had the world, which was called Mainframe, obviously a computer joke you had a dot matrix you had megabyte you had hexadecimal you had all of these characters you only had four seasons of it but it was really good and it was really advanced for the time because it was a 3d animation art project in a scale that was essentially brand new at the time when they started doing it um but they really wanted to, to take it and show you what was happening you know 
quote unquote inside your computer when you were playing games because these games would come down and then the user would be, be, be the person who was loading the game and then the computer would go in there and try and fight and try and save the area that they were living in or you know later on it kind of expanded out off of that but you had a whole lot of really good story that was going on and you had a whole lot of pushing the boundaries with what you could do with animation at the time especially for a, a show it was very uh, advanced at the time and it's kind of led to where we are nowadays because I mean they were doing this 3D animating and remodeling way before Pixar or anybody else was doing that for the for movies yeah no it's fair and it's the reason it gets to make the list even though it had sometimes laughably bad visuals yes yes some of them were were bad and there would be really awkward pauses while they were trying to show off the animations like when a dog would like turn its head and look at something it would just be a really weird pause but I mean really they were again they were trying to push the boundaries with how they were doing this I'd like to point out you just said the dog had a really weird pause also it was great though because it introduced a really dark spooky villain I remember you were telling me that villain I can't remember his name now he legitimately freaked you out Oh no 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 it wasn't it wasn't he it was she it was hexadecimal because oh, yep, yep. she had this mask as a face and like it was like comedy and tragedy masks almost uh for those of you who haven't seen it and the way that she would talk the mask wouldn't move the mask would just be on her face but when she changed moods she would just like wipe her hand over her face and her face would change from like the smiling happy face she had on to like an angry terror terror face that she would put on and like it was just the creepiest thing to see especially i mean at the time when i was originally seeing this it was like i was like eight years old nine years old and so that those kinds of things especially with that kind of futuristic technology that they were using to make this at the time just made her really terrifying yeah no absolutely so uh, reboot was definitely my number three like i said it, it pushed a lot it it pushed a lot in terms of both the visuals and in how they were telling stories because you know eventually you get to see the the further seasons it jumps there's a time skip and so it goes from you seeing this younger Enzo to now he's this older guy and he's renamed himself Matrix and now he's running around and he's carrying a a, a weapon and Bob's has has a damaged glitch that he's going out and he's trying to find Bob and it it really expands it out and through this time skip and i think it was the first really successful use of a time skip that i've that i had seen um and then later on you know i've seen other shows that have done time skips and some of them do it really well and some of them do it really poorly but the time skip and to, to follow this character from well you used to be a whiny little kid and now you're this big badass um it was the first time I'd seen anything like that, and that's why it really cemented itself in my head. Plus, you know, I've always been a tech nerd, so playing around with uh, jokes that have to do with computers was just something that was just going to sucker me in. Fair, fair. So we hit your number four, or number three. Number and, three? Yep, number yeah. three. And now number what? two. Number two is going to be one that uh, I think that the two of us, when we were talking about this, both of us kind of wanted to take this one. We both wanted to take the number one, but for number two for me would definitely be Gargoyles, the animated series. Um, you had such complex story arcs in that. You had such a dark tone for a, a cartoon at the time. You also had such an amazing voice cast in there. I mean, they had Jonathan Frakes in there as Xanatos, the bad guy, who to this day, I still look at Xanatos's plans and machinations and everything that he was doing and I use that as a basis for a lot of the things that I do when we're playing D&D &D. like you know you have this bad guy who appears to be a good guy and he's essentially setting you up to go do something where if you win it helps his plan if you lose it helps his plan you're pretty much caught in what we refer to as the Xanatos gambit sir no it has everything you want it has Goliath who's this great ironically stoic leader which I think is funny Yep. Yeah. 
Well, and, the, and the other thing for me at the time was I was a I was a big Star Trek nerd, and so you had, like I said, you had Jonathan Frakes in there. You had Deanna Troy, uh, Marina Sirtis, I think is her last name. She showed up in some episodes. Um, other people showed up, like Worf showed up, Data showed up. So all of these other people. Uh, one of the episodes, uh, Nichelle Nichols, Uhura, she showed up. Avery Brooks does a voice. So you just have all of these really great voice actors who all show up on this kids cartoon show and and to start off the entire first season was written entirely by a husband and wife who wanted to do this show i mean they came up with it on their own and and wrote this up because they wanted to see it done yeah no it makes this incredibly dark good everything about it was it came at a time in cartoons and i forget who produced it disney yeah it was okay so it was disney i was gonna say disney had had all of the balls in their court at this time they were producing nothing but great cartoons yep and i don't know what happened to it well i mean it it all ended up falling off as they wanted to do other things and get away from it but yeah no they had all of these really great cartoons out at this time and all of them were very kid friendly and they did all these different things and they built off of you know their past successes in doing this but then they did this gargoyles that was so different than everything else that they had done and i mean it's just got such a strong cult following i mean even recently, it's been listed on a whole bunch of lists for, like, legendary medieval fantasy TV shows that, you know, it's it's endured, just like the Gargoyles endured, for thousands of years. Right, it's great. The only thing that I always thought was weird is, I don't know why they just moved that castle onto a skyscraper. Because Xanatos wanted the castle, because he wanted it to show that how much, essentially, how good he was compared to everybody else. And so instead of having it rebuilt here, or, or having it built here with new materials and whatnot, he just wanted the entire thing, brick by brick, taken from where it was, and put on top of the skyscraper. Oh, so silly. Hey, hey, you know what? If you're a crazy multi-billionaire who can plan for every contingency years ahead of time you can do what you want with castles he didn't though he did not plan for gargoyles to come to life and wreck his day yeah but he still ended up using them to help do what he needed to do for Um. years all right anyway you go to your number two or otherwise we can just sit here arguing about this for days my number two is ducktales it inspired darkwing duck and inspired everything that is i mean donald duck but it inspired so many spin-offy dealies it's so good the one thing but, that always bothered me about that is that I grew up wanting to dive into a huge pit full of gold coins, and only later on did I realize the physics of that and how it would kill me. Well, I mean, like, you still can do that, though. That's an option. I know, but I would die doing it. Probably. If not, so, you'd be horribly maimed. So the good thing about DuckTales is, again, it fleshes out this world, and you get so many of these characters, and you get so many good games out of it minus the glitches that were in the games but like it just did so much from this very small starting premise which you know donald has these nephews that need to get raised and he drops them off with his uncle scrooge and uncle scrooge is the one who's going to raise them you get you know uh, this butler character you get this nanny character you get this crazy pilot you get this crazy inventor you get these weird villains called the beagle boys um what was the witch's name oh uh the witch's name it is right here magica dispel yes you get magica dispel who just is always trying to steal the lucky dime Uh, this is lucky penny lucky it's a penny it might be a dime maybe i'm wrong but either way i know always trying to get the thing that makes it so he can make all of his money and the best part is so scrooge mcduck by all means is not a character we like he is jerky. He wants all of his. He, he just wants all of the money. He's regularly making these horrible decisions to make all of these money, like moral decisions, not like they're bad ideas. They're just corrupt ideas. Yep. And his nephew's trying to save. Like he's not a good character. There's a reason his name is Scrooge. Well, and, and eventually, you know, he he slowly starts coming over. By the way, it is his lucky number one dime. Boom. Okay, that's fair. I said um, it could have been. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he starts off as this 
old miserly fellow, just like Scrooge is an old miserly fellow. And over time, because of his exposures to the boys and their antics, he slowly starts to come around, even though he's still like the epitome of greed, he slowly starts coming around and, and becoming a more fleshed out character because of his interactions. Right. And it's, uh, and ever like I said, when we have things that branched off of it, the movie is fantastic where they meet the genie and they get all the wishes and the boys have to save Uncle Scrooge from who stole the lamp from him. Oh, I don't whatever the whoever the villain is. It's thoroughly that's the other. Oh, it's the other adventurer. It's uh, the evil duck, not Scrooge, but the other one, I think. Yeah. Uh, we get one of the best platforming games ever, and it's one of the most beautifully remastered games ever. Oh, the remaster and, of it is great. Yeah, it's so good. And one of the best things about this game, or one of the best things about the show, is they're going to relaunch it in 2017. That's what I heard. Hopefully they do it justice, and I, they won't. Yeah, you never know. You never know. They may. Uh, so what's your number one? My number one on this list is going to be the new Scooby-Doo movies. Okay, so I need some clarification first. We're not talking Matthew Lillard and CGI Scooby, right? No, no, no. This is Hanna-Barbera way back in the day. Its productions is actually right around Wacky Races and such. It's, yeah, So we're talking early like 80s. the ones where they had the special guest 82 stars like to 88. The, the Harlem Globetrotters and Abbott and Costello and those ones. Yep, Harlem Globetrotters, Abbott and Costello, Sonny and Cher, Tim Conway, Phyllis Diller, Batman and Robin, the Adams Family, all of those. And I picked it because I knew I needed a Hanna-Barbera because I love Hanna-Barbera, but I had to pick the right one. I knew I had to have Scooby-Doo because I love Scooby-Doo, but I had to have the right one. And this was great because it introduced children to, in the 80s anyway, to these adults. Adult actors again. It just linked people into like well, branching out, yeah. opening their worldview of things. Yeah, and the other thing about it too is, I mean, for people like you and I, when we were watching these things, I mean, you know, I I even learned about who the Harlem Globetrotters were through Scooby. But you know, it also introduced me to characters like Abbott and Costello and Phyllis Diller, so that I knew about them when I was growing up. When my contemporaries who weren't watching those things didn't. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, it's great. We learned that Batman has bat milk in the Batcave. One of my favorite things about that. <laughs> um, yeah, and even things like Dick Van Dyke made it on there. It was just a who's who of guests. Well, it's up there with the guest quality is up there with the Muppet Show. And it showed a real. I don't know. It showed like a real what Scooby Doo was at the time. That all of these people were willing to come in and do voice acting on this show, just like with with Gargoyles. I mean, Jonathan Frakes was involved, so of course more Star Trek folk are going to be involved. But you know, people don't have to go do these things. They, they were big time people at the time. They didn't have to do Scooby Doo, but Scooby Doo was so, such a cultural thing, and it impacted so many people and so many people saw it that they wanted to be a part of this project and they wanted to, you know, be a part of that episode so they can say, and I would have gotten away with it too, if it wasn't for those dang kids. No, it's why, it's why my list of, if I ever got to be famous, the two things I always wanted to do, I wanted to be in a Muppet production and I want to be on Scooby-Doo. Yep. All right. Well, uh, my number one is the one that we both agreed on as the number one, but I, called dibs so i ended up getting it and you had to pick something else as your number one batman the animated series this is perfection when it comes to a cartoon um it is dark but light-hearted enough it has a character that has a backstory but isn't beholden to that backstory so that they are able to branch out the character Harley Quinn came from Batman the Animated Series, and it showed that you can create a new character within something um, and have it be both a lasting impact and a good impact because it adds that new dynamic that wasn't there before. You had the episodes with Clayface that were amazing. You had the movies that were spawned off of this um, and new characters that came out in that and it just it did so much for the franchise and it looked so good and so different it brought noir to cartoons for children 
No, absolutely. In a time period where all of the cartoons were pretty bright, they were happy. We were coming off of things like Hulk Hogan and his wrestling buds or whatever it's called. We were coming off of things, you know, we're used to Richie Rich. We're used to Dennis the Menace. We're used to Care Bears and I guess we had Garbage Pail Kids. That was kind of weird, but it wasn't even like it was a dark thing. And all of our heroes are these good guys and they're bumbling and they're happy. And then we've got the brooding, barely a good guy hero, even though he's the epitome of the good guy hero now. Right. Yeah, no, it just, it did so much to both bolster DC at that time because it's, it single-handedly turned around some Batman sales that had started to decline. But it also has done this thing where now they've got the, all the new Justice Leagues that are out but are now because of that, you know, the success that it had. The new Batman Beyond that came out, which wasn't as good but but was a good jump off in something new that they could do. Um, it made... Marvel have to turn around and try and pump out something good, so they went back and they did the Spider-Man back in that time frame that was pretty good. You know, it just did so much for the comic industry, but at the same time was just such a good show that you could sit down and watch pretty much any episode by itself and it would be a good episode. But when you took them all contained and you were waiting all week long to sit down because the new one was coming out, that you knew that that new one was going to surpass the expectations for the one that you saw before. It never had a letdown episode. No, and it's got some of my favorite. That show defined the Joker for people until the early... Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, until Dark Knight Rises. We had Mark Hamill as the Joker is... To this day, he will always be the voice of the Joker. Correct. I definitely agree with that. And and that alone was probably a godsend, too, for Mark Hamill, because up until then, it was, he's Luke Skywalker. He couldn't get away from it. But now, he was Joker, and he did this, this voice. And that even led to him doing things with Kevin Smith, doing Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh, yeah. You know, just that voice, that Joker voice, you know, it, it that opened up so much for him. I mean, it just, it did that. And, you know... Batman, for me, when I think of the Batman voice, I always go back to Batman the Animated Series. I don't go to gravelly Christian Bale. I don't go to George Clooney or Val Kilmer or any of them. Batman the Animated Series Batman is the Batman voice. Yep, and like we said, all the, every character is really well portrayed in multiple... We get a great Ra's al Ghul in this. Yes. We have a great romance, actually, between Talia and Batman, which is very important. Uh, Scarecrow was fine, even though he's still silly. Oh, it gave us... It single-handedly made Mr. Freeze a villain, a real villain. Yeah, before that he had kind of been a, a joke villain that was there, but it turned him into a real villain, and it gave him, you know, it gave you an understanding of why he was doing what he was doing. You know, and it wasn't yeah. it wasn't that terrible Batman and Robin version of it. it you know, he cared about his wife, and this is why he was doing this. You know, some of the darkest background story in cartoon comic, like comic book cartoons, but it's fantastic. It's great. Sure, we see silly things like a weakness to chicken soup every now and then. <laughs> and you need those. We need the lighthearted episodes. But yeah, it's like I said, it led to a bunch of things. It led, we went from Batman. The Superman cartoon came around because this was a success. Static Shock came around because this was a success. The Justice League came around. The Justice League Unlimited came around. All of these great DC cartoons are more or less because of this. Yep. And speaking of Static Shock JLA, uh, we now want to talk about some of the honorable mentions that didn't actually get to make our list because we needed to confine it down and we needed to get those things on there that needed to get on there. But the first one I want to talk about is definitely Static Shock. Uh, Static Shock came out, and at the time it was pretty revolutionary. It was a show that was going to be about a brand new hero that wasn't in anything else prior. And the character himself had a pretty unique power the way that he used it. And, you know, the elephant in the room is when it came out, this was also a black teenage superhero. But it didn't focus on that, which is what I kind of liked. Like, it touched on some of those issues. It dealt with some of those issues. But that wasn't the core of what he was about. He was still a superhero, and he was just as normal as any of the other superheroes. Yeah, I know. It was a wonder. uh, He was... I mean... For the most part, him and his buddy, Richie, they were not nerds, but they were the dejected flock. 
of their little society because they it was an inner city cartoon and at the end of, or inner city setting for this cartoon they weren't into the gangs like it covered gang warfare which was popular at the time period mm-hmm. it covered a lot of hip-hop centric ideas and i mean he was still just a superhero even to the point where he teamed up with john stewart green lantern and hawk girl and met the jla once or twice yep well and they did a lot of cool things with it too because because you had a new hero you were allowed to build new villains for him there wasn't anybody who was sitting there going oh man this isn't like the static shock i grew up with because this was the static shock you were growing up with yeah you got to avoid a lot of reminiscent nerds who were like oh that's not who batman fights and you got away with so like with a teen titans cartoon we know who they have to fight and they're going to be fighting villains that like superman gets to fight and that's one not realistic for based on power levels and so we get to build everything around static shocks virgil's power level right and one of the one of the crazy things about it was you could do things like the, the one of the bad guys i, I don't know I know it wasn't the only bad guy, but one of the bad guys I remember was Rubber Band Man, and the whole thing about him was that he was this tragic villain, that he was this record producer, and he ends up becoming this Rubber Band Man, and because he's a Rubber Band Man, static shock electromagnetism doesn't really work on him, and so static has to use his brain to figure out how to fight him. Uh, one of the other things that I really liked about it was, again, the voice casting they did for it. I mean, Phil Lamar was static, Richie was Jason Marsden, um, you know, and then, Sounds about right. and then they had a whole bunch of other really good voice people, just like in some of the other ones that we talked about earlier. Um, but yeah, they were allowed to do a lot of things with that show that they didn't do before, and one of the th- areas that I think that they really missed was they didn't do if at least I don't remember a whole lot of merchandising around it or or anything like that that they could have done like they do with some of the other honorable mentions that'll be coming up no like they got toys here and there and I'm sure they were something in a happy meal at some point because why wouldn't there be but it wasn't designed to solely produce toys eventually static like he is an existing character he has or he appears in comics i don't think he has his own series currently but yeah he appeared in that like he became a real comic book character and this goes back to what we said about batman the animated series what made that refreshing is we made harley quinn and it's nice to know that we live in an era where we can add new characters completely new characters to a mythos and not have everyone just turn their noses up towards it yeah well and static shock i mean to to really pull that together later on in justice league unlimited like uh half a year after static shock ended they had this future static shock that showed up who was absolutely amazing and it showed again it was a good time skip it showed that progression in this character that you had lived with for four years while you were watching the the episodes that were coming out with what was mostly a very comparatively for the for the comic book culture a very diverse cast that was largely non-white yeah um, I think that it is essentially the way that they kind of play it off is, is almost like a, a more of a modern day mix between like a Batman and a Spider-Man almost. You got a younger kid, but he's a little bit darker than that, but he's still a kid um, and he's dealing with a lot. There's a lot of natural growth in it, I think, that you couldn't get if there was a mythos behind this guy, if there was something that you you knew from the past before you went into it. So that's why I think that it's good. I don't think it bumps any of my top five, but I really liked Static Shock. Uh, I agree. It was one that we were both debating trying to eke in there just because I think it's significant and it would have been the newest thing on the list, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. We did put whatever we picked had to be out before we were in high school was one of the caveats. Yes. And this would have been, I think you probably wouldn't have been in high school yet when this came out. I was yeah. in high school when this came out. So, all right, uh, so what do you have for one of the honorable mentions? Uh, One of my honorable mentions is one of the most memorable shows. It's still getting rebooted. It's going to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It feels like it just ran forever while still maintaining freshness to it. Right. It's had multiple reincarnations. Um, It started off as this awesome 
dark, gritty comic book and they turned it into a children's thing because why not? <laughs> to sell toys, really. Uh, it's important to know that they were given different colored headbands only for the cartoon. Before that point, they were all dressed the same in a black and white comic book. And per the lore, they didn't necessarily have different color headbands. They did that only so children could identify them as being characters. Right. And I think it's a fun fact. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. And and the fact that it did come from being something that was super gritty, and then they turned it into this kids show um, that, you know, <laughs> for the most part was a huge deviation from where the comic books were because the comic books were a lot grittier. Like the comic books are still running to this day. I mean, they've been rebooted a few times, but like recently in one of the comic books, Donatello had his shell completely smashed and cracked in and almost died. Whereas you would never really get that in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show that we've got. But at the same time, even with the deviations, they did it so well that it's an accepted part of the canon that this show existed and these things happened. Um, and I mean, the, it was so popular. I think that this is probably one of the longer running ones on our list would be because I think this one like 10 seasons. Yeah, it went like so eventually they were doing silly space adventures, which we see when that's when you know you've you know, that's when you know you've jumped the shark. Right. Is when you have to take silly space adventures and, like, they're sewer-dwelling turtles. Why are you in space? Get out of here. But, yeah, this is easily one of the most merchandised. It's spawned the most... Really, I think it's spawned the most out of anything on the list or honorable mentions. Because we've had cartoons, we've had a live-action TV show where we get the mysterious fifth turtle. The female oh. turtle. The female fifth turtle. Um, We've had live-action movies that you don't want to talk about. We've had live-action movies that we love to talk about. Yep. Well, and, and the... Uh, the good part about it for me and that the thing that always keeps me coming back is that it does that world building that we talk about so often so well because, you know, every time that there's a flashback or something like that, it's not just a one of cast off that this flashback occurred, but nothing else really occurred with it. Like, you know, for me, I, I love Phineas and Ferb. Phineas and Ferb is one of the best shows that has come out this century, in my opinion. It, but It would have made the list if it was allowed but the problem is is that you have so many of these flashbacks that don't ever really do anything to push the story forward never get mentioned again nothing happens from it but you know you know Hamato Yoshi Master Splinter and you know Oroku Saki and you know their backstories and you know why they did what they did and you know where it's coming from and everything just builds and you've got you know the the all these people that come along that are allies and that help them out like uh the punk frogs do you remember the punk frogs yes i do unfortunately yes attila the hun genghis khan or no no, it was attila the frog genghis frog napoleon bonafrog and uh rest by the way by the way napoleon bonafrog is the best thing ever (laughs) (laughs) um but you know you had you had those guys that came in. You had uh, do you remember the samurai rabbit that showed up, Yojimbo? Oh yeah, yeah. So like you had all of these things that you know if you tried to do them in any other medium, really never could have worked. But it just really worked with the turtles. And yeah, no, dude, I I love the turtles. But again, it, they were it was more about the merchandising. The story was good and it was there and it built, but. You know, with how we were doing the rules, we needed to narrow it down. Um, on top of things that got disqualified for kind of obscure reasons, I guess we would say, is the reason the Flintstones, I don't think, was on either one of our lists, is the Flintstone fame comes from being one of the first successful primetime cartoons. Yes, and it was... It like... absolutely aired on Saturday mornings, eventually. But it was a primetime import- yeah, cartoon. Yeah, brand new is prime time that's where the that's why the flintstones are so monumental that's why they will always earn their spot in not like little head nods when we think fondly of the past yeah um other quick mentions on the honorable mentions list we need to give a shout out to the ghostbusters again totally pushing toys with it but the ghostbusters 
Saturday morning cartoon show was great. It turned Slimer from this character that shows up in one scene into like a full-fledged character. Um, you know, it was definitely the thing that as a kid drew me in to want to watch the Ghostbusters movies um, because I am one of the ones that saw the show first and then watched the movies and fell in love with them. I know that for a lot of people it's the other way around, but the show came first for me. They've tried rebooting it a few times. It's never been as good as the original cartoon show was yeah no, the uh the one that came out in the 90s where it was all kind of punk it was the new ghostbusters was the name of the cartoon that yeah. wasn't terrible I mean, it wasn't terrible but i don't think it was as good and it definitely was better than the most recent one that tried to come out i don't think it's in the top 20 but like yeah we also know more cartoons than most people <laughs> that's definitely true uh another one that fits that same essential bill is transformers uh we wanted to include transformers but again transformers was about selling these toys that they had and so they wrote a story around it and one of the things that has always irked me will always irk me till the end of time is that megatron originally turned into a gun and not only did he turn into a gun but it was a gun that was no more powerful than any of the other guns that everybody was already <laughs> running around with it's not and even he like had to be stronger. shot by someone yeah and somebody else had to shoot him and it usually it was shockwave <laughs> uh, but shockwave develops into this great villain yep um well we're talking about things that auto dq uh he-man master of the universe yes also. is literally self-admittedly only designed to sell you he-man action figures it exists for no other reason it's why they came out with weird things new things every other episode it it's a good show. It's a fine show. It builds a great mythos. Eventually it's got a huge fandom. You guys all love a um, commercial. Yep. And same thing with Thundercats. Thundercats fell under that exact same category. Uh, again, really good story that they eventually built around it. You've got good characters, but it was made so that they could sell toys. Uh, and so that they could forever taint the world with snarf. Oh, snarf, snarf. Um, so they, when they relaunched, the Thundercats uh, a couple of years ago now, three, four years ago? They did that on, like, sci-fi or something, right? Uh, they did it on a... Uh, maybe it was G4. No, it was Cartoon Network, for sure. It was Adult Swim or something like that. Because it was darker. It was more, like, anime art style. Right. And I was really bummed because Snarf was just a cat. Good. <laughs> like, he didn't even talk or anything. Well, all Snarf ever did was get them into trouble and force the next thing to happen. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, he's a plot device. What else do you want? Oh, Voltron. Voltron also falls into the toy category. Yes. I love Voltron. Defenders of the Universe is my jam. And if you haven't but... seen the new one that came out on Netflix, I give it two thumbs up. They did a wonderful job with it. It's good to know. Uh, other honorable mentions, that did, like things that didn't get disqualified for toys, where I really wanted to pick the Super Friends. But like, what Super Friends show do I pick? Right, because we had said that he needed to pick a show. He couldn't just pick an overarching brand because Super Friends had so many offshoots and Superman and his pals and all of those things that were out there. And he really just didn't want to pick anything that had uh, old Aquaman in it. No, but I really wanted the Wonder Twins. Gleek is my homie. <laughs> Um, other things that we wanted to try and get in here but ended up getting bumped out, uh, Pirates of Darkwater was another Hanna-Barbera one from the 80s that I, I loved. It was really great, um, good story building, but just against the top five that we had, couldn't manage to get its way in there. Um, if, I could have, if we could have justified off of music, like just intros, there would have been a bunch more that made it. I, for one, wanted Denver, The Last Dinosaur. Because he's my best friend, and a whole lot more. Yeah, and I talked about the fact that, uh, you know, we talked earlier about how they used to go for it. Like, the original Gummy Bears theme song was just essentially an opera singer doing a, a cartoon show, and that was really good. Chippendale Rescue Rangers fell along the same way. Another one that I wanted to include, but I just I couldn't bump it into that top five, and it's kind of my dark, dirty little secret, is I love the Yu-Gi-Oh! television show. Just... It, it did something for me. The card game itself, I don't like, but the old Yu-Gi-Oh! TV show was something that I could just sit there and mindlessly watch because I just loved... If the game worked the same way that the TV show did, like you slap the card down and like a creature appears, I would play that game so much. Uh, Yeah, if we had awesome projector technology like that, it would be fantastical. Yep, but unfortunately uh, we don't. Like I know you were talking you wanted to add Care Bears. Um Disney's the Gummy Bears cartoon. Yep. 
Well, and what and we... Care Bears was one of another one of those ones that you know it's just from youth. You know, you you saw it when you were a kid, and it was on, and you watched it, and it was just good, and it taught you good life lessons that uh, you know some people need. Even nowadays, some people need the Care Bear lessons. Oh man, do people need Care Bear lessons right now? Oh, they're so awful. Yep. Uh, I want like the Dungeons and Dragons one is fond, uh, like I'm fond of, but I don't think I could justify it. Battletoads. Yeah, Battletoads. Battletoads is another good one that just couldn't make the list. But like we said, there were so many of these things when we were growing up, and nowadays you really don't have them anymore. But we wanted to do this episode in part because it was requested, um, and we want to do episodes that you guys are requesting. And on the flip side of it, it's just something that we really enjoy talking about. And doing it in a session like this where we need to really condense what we're doing sometimes makes us have to run over and do honorable mention lists because you, you don't want to limit it down. You want to talk about all these things, but you also want to give a quick rundown of, you know, this is the ones that we suggest you go see if you haven't seen them before. Uh, the other plus, I mean, it sucks we have to condense absolutely. The other plus, though, is this means, like, so in the future we could, even though we've added in honorable mentions, we could easily retouch on this and talk about cartoons that we didn't even bring up. Right, and or go through and do an entire thing on one show. Just do a review on the show. Talk about the uh, the different arcs and how everything builds up and out of them, what's going on with all of that. I mean, we could do an entire show on an arc. Some shows, I mean, we could do multiple shows on the different arcs that are in them. Oh, yeah. Um, but we're going to have to start wrapping up around Saturday Morning Cartoons, which was our episode this week. Uh, a couple things that we want to get in here before we're done today. We want to give a, another shout-out to the people who reviewed us on iTunes. We hope that more of you will go out there and do that. So let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. We'll try and fix it, or we'll try and emphasize it, depending on what we're hearing from you guys. We want to talk about, just very quickly, uh, our, our game of the week. We want to start including one of these every week, so we can give you guys something to get out there and try. This week, we decided we're going to talk about tabletop simulator and what tabletop simulator is is a steam program that you can run on your computer that will let you play pretty much every tabletop game under the sun online with your friends no matter where they are you guys can come together play any board game you want online and have a board game night which is something that we love having it helps us out a lot because i don't think we've touched on it uh he's from the seattle area the seattle tacoma area I am from northern Illinois, so we are quite a states away. We don't just get to drive up every weekend and sit down at a table and throw cards at our friends and call them names and whatnot. Nope. So instead what we do is we do a D&D game every other week, and then we do a tabletop night on the opposite week. And so we will get together and we'll figure out what game we're going to play, and we'll just sit down and we'll play it. Um, it's $20, and when you go online, there's a great community around it with a workshop that lets you play it. Uh, I will tell you now that we are not paid for this ad. This is something that we truly enjoy, that we truly like. Nobody's telling us to tell you this. It's something that we use. Um, if we ever do get paid for ads, which will probably be a ways down the road, we will let you know before we're talking about a product. But Well, at the same time, I don't know that we... like. I, I would like to be able to say that we're not going to necessarily just... If we don't like the product, we'll let you know. Like, yep. Eh. yep. No, that's something that we need to be upfront and honest with you guys about, and we feel that that's fair to you and fair to us. But Tabletop Simulator is something that we both really enjoy. Uh, I picked it up as a four-pack and kind of distributed it out to some of my friends so that we could all play together. And there's not a whole lot of lag. Once you learn how the system works, it's really easy to do to be able to play online with your friends. Um, and it's something that we think that you all will enjoy if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, so for this week, that's going to wrap up our Saturday morning cartoon episode. We do have a bonus podcast this week that we're also going to be putting up that is going to cover Magic the Gathering, uh, the new Kaladesh set that is coming out. It was originally supposed to be part of today's podcast. But, but as it turns out, we just can't shut up. Yeah. We just 
need to talk about all of the things. So when that ended up not being a 30-minute segment but ended up being an hour and 15 minutes, we wrapped it as a bonus podcast for you guys, extended this one out a little bit, and we're gonna, you guys are going to get two from us this week. Uh, so let us know what you think about this podcast. Let us know what you think about the other podcast. We are on Twitter, at Two Nerds Podcast. We are on Facebook, Two Nerds Walk In. We also have our website up finally, twonerdswalkin.com. So from Two Nerds Walking Out, this is Randy Boyles. And this is Aaron Tymek. And we will see you guys next time. And we will be talking about the Magnificent Seven movie that is coming out and the Seven Samurai movies that inspired it. Hope you guys have a good time until then, and we will see you then.